Recording. Recording. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yay. Hooray us for being recordists. And present. And cut Cut yourself into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation, no breathing. Something, 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 last resort. Words, words, discourse, dialogue, a bog. I I was I was talking the lyrics to Last Resort by what is it Papa Roach I don't know some shitty oh garbage well, maybe we should band but you know what we should do instead what the theme song oh yeah that's what I was about to say oh okay let's just this keep is talking. more of a cold let's, open yeah we should just keep talking about it and not actually do it. And so I thought this week's episode of the catastrophe section was quite the theme song. Frankenstein. Fuck you, demons. Demons are bad. Frankenstein. No, you must be thinking about other Frankenstein. Not Dr. Frankenstein, because that's your name. My name is really Adam, and that doesn't make sense. That's the really, really not that original name. Theme song. There we go. All right, yeah. welcome to the catastrophe section. My name is Aaron. And I'm Cameron. And this week we are doing I Frankenstein. The, uh, the, uh, what is it, 2013? 2014? 2014. 2014, early 2014. Uh, Underworld alike with Aaron Eckhart. It's the same producers. That's why, like, yeah. the, the aesthetic yeah. is so similar. It is, yeah, but it's the same movie yeah it really is except for like with (laughs) yeah instead of celine it's aaron eckhart as frankenstein yeah and then gargoyles instead of vampires and demons instead of werewolves werewolves but both of them have bill nye as like they do as the bad bad guy. guy i love that guy yeah he looked weird he looked way younger in this movie Apparently they it didn't could be jo- because he's wearing mostly the vampire makeup makes him really pale in the underworld movies. That could be it. I, I don't know. I've seen. I, well, I saw his right, like his regular human picture, and he doesn't look like that. So, good going, uh, to, uh, makeup team. Oh boy. So this that's one a- of the only few good things I can say about this movie. Yay, makeup. Yep, pretty much. No, there's some decent stuff in here, but that's about it. Um, yeah, mostly consisting of Aaron Eckhart's, you know, really deep narrating voice. That's like my biggest praise for the movie, <laughs> which is an endemic of me liking it a lot. Yes. Um, so this movie is basically Frankenstein's monster kills Frankenstein's wife uh, because he tried to kill Frankenstein's monster, his monster. Hold on. This is sounding a lot confusing because... Frankenstein name is being thrown around. Dude, what created Frankenstein tries to kill Frankenstein, the monster. Then the monster comes back and kills uh, the creator's wife. Creator goes, grr, I'm going to hunt you till the ends of the earth. And then he tries to, and then he's old and dies. And then Frankenstein, Aaron Eckhart, the monster Aaron Eckhart, keeps walking around and then eventually finds some fucking gargoyles. And it's like, hey, let's go fight demons. And then yeah, the movie much. picks, and then the movie happens. 
And it's got that. Fan, <laughs> yeah. And it's got this. No, fanficky, Yeah. This fan fiction esque narrative to it where it's like, yeah. hey, all this cool stuff happened. Like nobody in the audience, like some people haven't read Frankenstein, but still it's like he's like visiting. He's like, that was and then I didn't know what to do. And then all these like weird hooded figures just circle around him yeah. in the cemetery that he's visiting. And there's like, <laughs> oh, there's gargoyles now, I guess. This and there's is, like it, they're yeah. on fire. And these these things haven't been established. He's just barely got out of badly voiceovering like the whole origin story. It's it's kind of like X-Men Origins Wolverine where you're like, okay, thanks for the information. How does this connect to anything else in the world? Yeah. So like there's like a scene where he meets the gargoyles where he's like fighting a demon in the woods. And then he does something with it and kills it somehow. And they're just like, oh, man, you killed it without even super special gargoyle powers. You should come with us, buddy. And then they take him into the fucking cathedral or whatever the hell. And yeah, they but meet what the- really gets me is that the randomness he's visiting Frankenstein yeah. and his wife's grave. And they're just like, hey, we're evil hey, buddy, in here. Get him. Hey. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Leader? We're going to kill you now because. And that's it. And I love that they just refer to the bad guy that Bill Nye plays. His they call him Dark Prince Niberius. Like there's a value yep. judgment. Like oh, because the Dark Prince quota needs to be filled. Obviously, yeah. if there's like yeah. a the supernatural order. Well, he's a, he's the demon prince actually. Also. I know because um, he's referred to well, as yeah, demon prince a little bit more. Yeah, because after this we get. If you thought that was a lot of heavy-handed exposition, well, then you're in for a lot more of that. Yeah, wait for the entirety of the film, because that's all it fucking is. So when he goes into the fucking uh, cathedral, he meets the super grand gargoyle lady, who's the only person that can bring them back from heaven or some shit. And and they're... Oh, this fucking scene. Um, She asks him his name, and he's just like, I don't have one, Aaron Eckhart. And she's just like, I know, I'll name you Adam. Like, oh, fucking, ooh. Oh, boy. Adam. Yeah, it's like, hmm, let's start at the (laughs) beginning of creation and go through all the names. Hmm." Which is is even more fucking ridiculous because everyone else's name is fucking silly as shit. Like, oh, God. What is it? it, There's like Niberius and then like fucking Gaziah and shit like this. And and then. Well, they're all like biblical names because they're all yeah. like fallen angels it's it's absurd this uh and then adam steve uh, fought against uh behemoth and uh nebuchadnezzar boo like the oh boy steve got that steve's got that in the bag the the name is very it's a very fucking strange choice considering uh everyone else is crazy Oh yeah. And I love like it's got like that um that trope where characters are like, "Oh, there's this myth mythical person who's like clearly very strong." And there's so many lines of dialogue where they're like, "The rumors are true?" And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, "What rumors? If they've been after him for so long, how have they not gone after him before if Nibirius wants him?" Or they're like, "I've never seen a human do that." Or like, "We've heard the stories." And I'm like, "What is gargoyle Twitter?" It happens all like, the time. A thing? Yeah, it's written in the annals of history. 
Yep, gonna go track down that. Hashtag Niberius. Eve. Hashtag Dark Prince. Yep, hashtag Frankenstein. Then it just kind of like jumps forward in time. And where he's. Oh, no, no, no. Cause so he, like, when he's in, inducted into the gargoyle order, there's this fucking bullshit line where he picks it, like, they're teaching him, like, anything with the fucking gargoyle symbol will banish demons all good and stuff if you hit him hard enough with it. Like, that's, it's it's supposed to be, like, the silver of stuff, but, like, if you carve it in a, like, fucking, a butter knife, that'll kill demons. Oh, so, which the fuck, the gargoyle symbol is basically a cross with two more hatches below the, the big one. That's it. Oh, boy. And I don't like that. What's her name? The queen of the order. She gives him the name. She doesn't let him choose his own name. No, 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 no. That doesn't mean that he's like his own person. He's just like, well, here's some blades and we'll let you live because like she wants to kill him. But she's like, oh, well, you're a person because I looked into your eyes and saw I don't know, uh, something fa- cool? Your, your face. I saw your face. Which is way too handsome to be a monster, by the way. Yeah, we'll get... Like, he is... So he's got the fucking facial scars all over the goddamn place, right? So that mm. would imply that he is stitched together from, like, six different faces, right? Not one that was fucking splayed apart. Well, so how he was the sti- fuck does he look that good? Well, Aaron, clearly it was six of the same brothers who all had the exact same symmetrical oh, facial structure. okay. Yeah. All those corpses were the best looking people in Frankenstein's village. Yeah, he just, yeah. Fucking Frankenstein was just the best at finding proper, like he dug up thousands of graves to find the face matching fucking prowess that he wanted. And can I point out that this movie borrows a lot from the likes of Blade, where he, like, has the two blades, like, not just because of the swords, obviously, yeah, but, like, this movie does, like, the, you know how the Avengers is like, oh, man, there's all this stuff that all these movies got so right and interesting in introducing this. This would be like if there were no movie, individual movies to introduce, like, Thor, Captain America, or Spider-Man, or Wolverine, or any of the others. And they just had this gigantic exposition dump at the beginning. Like, that is the first 10 to 15 minutes of this movie where they're like, well, let's, well, it's just like vomited, like, oh, well, here's all, here's all the stuff. And now he's like hunting down the gargoyles and like in the dark of night in a city, like, and he's cut his hair. So he's basically Blade, but Frankenstein and gargoyles instead of vampires. Well, also, his, he doesn't have character. He doesn't have a character. It is yelled at him what he is by the gargoyles when he's like sitting in the chair and they're just like, you're only this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And he's like, I know. Like, that's it. That's his characterization. You are these things. But I'm Frankenstein. I'm a monster. Like, that's his fucking characterization. That's it. That's all they did. Yeah, it's just grumble, grumble. I want revenge, grumble. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what he wants revenge for anyway. He didn't. Re- who, who got killed? Nobody. They just okay, attacked him what? in a cemetery one night, and then he defended himself and Ugh. then got some blades, and he's like, well, time to do that. Because I guess he wants to get to Niber- Niberius. Because I, the I, first demon that he kills, like in the nightclub in the scene after the uh, exposition dump, 
He's oh, in like the, this... oh, hold on. That scene is amazing because there's a cop just hanging out waiting for a gargoyle fight to bust out. Oh, yeah. And he like, like oh, no. Soon, so Frankenstein. They, yeah. Yeah. And so they're like, fighting. Hold it right there. I'm calling for backup. This, it splashes out into the alley, and then a cop's immediately there. Then he just blows the whistle. Beep, beep. Oh, no. Gargoyles and demons are fighting again. Oh, I'm watching for you. And by the way, that is the only human you see is in the nightclub. That's it. There's no humans in this world, really. Again, just very like Blade. Strange. It's very strange. You, like, Because the whole thing, it's exactly like Underworld and the fact that these two super mytholog mythological beasts are super powerful, but they got to fight each other to save humanity or to kill it. Like, oh, like that's that's the whole idea behind this and Underworld and all the, the bunch of other movies. But in this movie particularly, there aren't humans. They barely exist in this world. So I like in the movie, you see them at the nightclub. And then that policeman outside the nightclub. And then the two science characters, scientist characters. Yeah, that's and that's it. about it. That No, that's not about it. That is it. There are no other humans in the world. Like, later in the movie, the, uh, the demons all assault the fucking cathedral, which is in the middle of the city. And they're shooting fireballs and crazy shit and a bunch of light and fucking noise. Guess what? No fucking humans. Nobody notices. Nobody gives a shit. They don't exist. Humans don't exist in this universe at all. It's very strange. Yeah, you're right. And uh, like the like the world of the movie could be really cool because this is based on like supposedly a semi-cool comic like graphic novel. Yeah. But it's so clumsily introduced that it's just like, well, we got to just lay out it in like the like the audience is as stupid and dumb as we couldn't get off the streets to come see our movie for cheap and then and then yeah. i don't know it's just they have like all this like bullshit jargon like when you kill a demon cuz there's supposedly 666 of them in the world of i frankenstein and yeah. when they get killed they get quote unquote descended down mm -hmm. to hell for eternity. But after Frankenstein goes back to the gargoyle place and is chained up, because, you know, all great movies in the first 20 minutes have such suspenseful and, you know, great plot developments when they lock up their main character in the first half hour of the movie, um, that they're just like, oh, well, we can take the casualties, sending hundreds of demons there. Wouldn't they be worried about casualties? Yeah, I mean, no, you would. Because they've got a finite number of people, and obviously they can't rejuvenate those. But, I mean, the plot kind of does support that they'd be willing to because, like, Frankenstein can g become the vessel for the devil or the son of Satan because he has no soul. Yeah, because apparently you can only possess thing bodies that are living but have no soul. So that's why the the uh, demons want uh, to get Frankenstein. So they or the monster Adam. I fuck calling him Adam. That's so stupid. Anyway, yeah, because they because want two gargoyles or Frankenstein's after journal to learn how to reanimate corpses because the souls don't go back in the bodies, so they can be possessed and bring a bunch more demons back. Essentially, yes. 
And so um, the gargoyle lieutenants are like, Frankenstein, you're coming with us. And they trap him, take him back to the gargoyle place. And Madam Queen is like, oh, well, I should have killed you. You're clumsy and stupid, and I hate you. Lock him up. Yeah. And for no, well, no, no, no. Don't, doesn't he, um, oh, God. Doesn't he, like, kill someone on accident? Or is that later? Well, it was the cop, because the cop gets killed. Oh, yeah, and they're just like, yeah, and they're like yeah. a human. Yeah, humans don't yeah, belong why. in this war. Yeah, that's why. But after that, we meet um, Bill Niberius. Yep. Bill Niberius. Yeah, see what I did there? I, I get it. And they're in like the most nondescript scientific laboratory. Yeah. Electrocuting rats with a couple thousand volts, trying to bring them back to life to replicate like Frankenstein's original experiment. Yeah. Right. Well, because no, they don't, because uh, the, well, the, oh, how do I put this? So Bill Nye knows that Frankenstein's a, a thing and has hired them to do this, but they're just like, oh, Frankenstein's a silly thing, but this might work. So it's like a strange, the humans don't even, like, they barely know that uh, Frankenstein is a thing in culture. Like, it's not a cultural thing. Like, it, there wasn't the book or anything, which makes sense if it's a real event, I guess. In, if it's a real event in the actual world of the movie, then there'd either be, like, more tales about, like, oh, the monster stitched man, boogity-boo, this is how it, like, in, but, but, like, in the real world, it's just a book and everyone knows about it. But in this world, it actually happens, so they don't know about it, but they say it's a story. It's... It's weird. Yeah, I wish that there was like some consistency on like, well, we've heard rumors of this and but we've never known it or like they never clarify how it exists. Is it a story? Is it a myth? Yeah. Is it fiction? Like how does it well, exist? They, they imply no that it's also a story, but if it's a story, someone must have been like, "Yo, Adam, I'm going to write a story about you. Cause if like, nobody's just going to be like, they made it up and it's, there's an actual thing about it. Like, no, someone must've known about it and then written it down. If it's actually a thing in, in, in real life. Yeah. And the dialogue in this movie is terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, the writers write themselves into so many corners. Like, well, we'll just have them capture Frankenstein, which means that, Oh, I guess we either have to have him kill the gargoyles or we can have him break out of his chains or be released because the bad guys want to attack it, which they've never done in history before. Yep. But I guess they're willing to now because, you know, reasons. Well, because they don't know about Frankenstein's diary because um, Madam Gargoyle leader um, took it. From Frank and from Adam and put it in the vault of the gargoyle order. Yeah. Well, here, so, okay. Here's the thing that confused me. Gargoyles are made of fucking stone. Right? Or so supposed they appear to be. Yes. They're supposed to be. Why in the living fuck, in human form, do they wear leather armor? That is a good question. I have no They're idea. They're made of stone. 
what the fuck would the fucking leather pants do? Uh, they could go to a Kanye West concert. Yeah, because that has a lot of it. Or a Judas Priest concert. You know, Kanye West probably saw this movie and loved it. He probably did. He was, was like, like, that movie was just as ego-driven and singular as my ego. Yeah, he's like, yo, man, I'm the best person in existence. I saw a Frankenstein. And then he left the room. Yeah, I'm Frankenstein. Me, Kanye West. The sequel. And my I, ego Kanye is Igor. See what I did there? Get it? Kanye West plays him in I, Frankenstein 2. Electric Boogaloo. Yep, Electric Boogaloo. Which makes sense because of electrical reanimation. Yes, even though Hooray. the character doesn't die. Oh, you know. Spoiler. On, on the movie Frankenstein, I, Frankenstein. I also hate that when uh, the gargoyles get, like, hurt, they leak light. Oh, yeah. And that's all the- fucking stupid. The demons okay, so- leak fire, which is also fucking stupid, but less stupid. Like, it's less overtly dumb. Because when you hit a guy, it's like, oh, he had a spotlight in his chest. Oh, man. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. Uh, all those lights that I left on in my chest. <laughs> oh. Aaron, that's what they mean by um, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, when you get stabbed by a demon. Oh, man, my yep. light's shining. Fuck. I- so for those of you who, who know a little bit about uh, story structure, um, this movie has its call to action 30 minutes in. It's because because before like the uh, so the call to action is after um they assault the citadel right is that where you'd place it? Yeah, that's where I'd place yeah, it because before then it's just exposition and then Adam walking around killing a few demons and then being like no Adam don't kill you don't you cause the human death lock up and then it's the fucking cathedral assault thing. Which I'm surprised they, because that's that's the biggest battle in the movie, pretty much. Like, the end one isn't as big a scale. So why the fuck did they blow their giant battle sequence 20 minutes into the movie? Because CGI. Well, no, because couldn't they have been like, the demons are going to try and infiltrate it and sneak him out, and then something that would make more sense. That would make a lot more sense. Than lo- and then they use it, j- their big CGI budget on the last scene more and be like, fucking, we're going balls out with it. The the gargoyles have a mecha tank walker and they, the demons got a demon Godzilla and then they fight each other. Like, could you could have done a lot better with that. But it, it just feels weird because it feels like a final battle, you know what I mean? But it's 20 minutes in. It just happens. It's like, and we're in the world, blah, blah, blah. Adam, Frankenstein, demons, gargoyles. Oh, God, they're killing everybody. Like, it doesn't feel like super early on. Like, it's so it's so weirdly placed in the movie. Well, and like the beginning of the movie is like the the entire third act and resolution of like a much more interesting movie 
like the yeah. Frankenstein origin story. And then he learns about like this order. And then he's like, Oh, well I'm going to go do it myself. This. And then the whole rest of the movie feels like what should be. I Frankenstein too. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. So like the gargoyle thing is really like in act two of a much better movie. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's kind of like the quickening, the complication of everything, because we never get step one. We get the end of another story, and then we get, like, oh, well, here's, like, 30 seconds of it, of what's happening as a continuation, and then this big thing, and then a middle boring part, and then a final battle in the end. It's It doesn't adhere to even a th- conventional three- or five-act structure at all. And they really yeah. just throw everything at this movie during the battle. Like, um, he's like, release me from my chains. I want to fight for my life. And they're like, oh, okay. So they let him go. And so he's there when um, two different gargoyles die. And we don't even know these gargoyles' names. But no. as soon as um, they both died, the Jai Courtney character, uh, let me get his name pulled up really quickly. Jai Courtney, the guy from... Die Hard. It's like Zuriel, isn't it? It's like Zuriel. It's Gideon. He's the leader of the Gargoyle Army. Gideon. Right. Um, so her name is Ophia, and the other one's name is um well it as is Zuriel. And both of both of them die, and she's like, Oh, I'm so glad that we get to go to heaven. We were in love, but it's against the order, so now we can be in love in heaven. Goodbye. Yeah, like that's just brought up. Like there's not even they don't even hint at it. It's just we're next we're standing next to each other, so obviously we're in love. Like fucking really, man? In that case, I must be in love with the person that I rode the bus with today. Yeah, I mean you might be. You should watch out. I don't know, Aaron. You didn't see this guy. Oh, man. Tits like a person with large breasts. But Except for it wasn't, but I get your point. Yeah. <laughs> when they got them Kansas on the... Yeah. You you found a man with huge cans. Oh, you're going to play with him all day. You're going to suck <laughs> on him all night. You're going to punch him right in the dick until he bleeds jism. And then you're um, go in for some more. And then you're going to kill him for the insurance money. And then you're going to live happily ever after. You're welcome. <laughs> I have solved your life. If Next you caller. murder someone, there there's not insurance money. Nick, Nick, I said next caller. I've solved your problems. Wait, I'm not call. I called you. <laughs> Boop. Yeah, hello. You're on. Uh, you're on lifeadvice.gov. Um, next caller. He- hello, my roommate keeps um masturbating in the middle of the night. What can I do to stop this? Well, here's the way I see it. You have uh, three options here. One. Get him a girly friend or a boyfriend, whatever they're into. Who gives a shit? Uh, or that's that's a little comp- complicated, so I'll give you a simpler one. Two, you could help him yourself so he finishes faster so it doesn't keep you up as long. You know, that makes sense, right? Or three, you could kill him. For the insurance money? Yeah, for the insurance money. Is there insurance money if you murder Next someone? Call, uh- 
yes, I like to masturbate in front of my roommate, and they keep complaining. What can I do about that? Uh, you can kill him for the insurance money. All right, that's our Is show for the ins- day. We're going home. Woo! Is there insurance money if you murder them? So then what happens is, yeah, then in I Fra- back in I Frankenstein, you know, when they go to the, the demons and the gargoyles, you know what's yeah, fucking this weird? Is, like, this doesn't feel like it got past the scripting phase. It's like they were like, well, it's based on a comic, so green light. Yeah, because they're just like, well, there's similarities between, uh, well, we produced the uh, underworld pictures and that's kind of the same thing as this, you know. So we're just going to throw it at the movie screen and hope it sticks decently. Yeah. We're and not going to work it. It's just going to happen. And it's, it's not that the mythos is bad because the mythos is kind of interesting. It's decently it's just solid. That it if, is if so done well, dully it be good, handled. Yeah. Because this would be a decent, probably, TV series if they did it well with enough cast. It's just that as a 95-minute movie with a mid-level budget adapting almost an entire comic book legacy without like, and trying to condense it into like this star vehicle for Aaron Eckhart just doesn't work. No, not at all. It's almost like nobody proofread it. It it has like all the conflict and nuance of a lifetime movie. How, how, How many lifetime movies have you seen? Um, none. Okay. Well, we got work to do. Uh, if by work, you mean wasting time watching Lifetime movies? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, and so I wrote down, do you remember what this means? I put, uh, it's a quote that I wrote down. It's like, no link to Archangels. Uh, aren't Archangels the only ones that can bring the gargoyles back from being ascended from heaven or whatever the fuck? Oh, that's right. Yeah, because the order is, is they go to heaven, but they can't be brought back unless they're, I just, I guess my bigger thing about that note specifically is that there's so much God just shoehorned into this movie where it's like, well, God, this, God, that, God, blah, 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 blah. And there's no, and like Satan isn't even the bad guy. It's like some dude. Yeah, Nabirius, you know, the Dark Prince. Yeah. It it feels more like a plot that should be on Supernatural as opposed to, I don't know, a feature film. Yeah, it did feel kind of supernaturally. Yeah, like a fallen demon and trying to vanquish it. Like, if any listeners out there watch Supernatural, that's kind of their bread and butter. Like, demons and all this other wacky stuff. Oh, and the queen of the gar- of the gargoyles is named Leonora. Yep. Yep. And the, the names in this movie are ridiculous. You yeah, know what I so noticed? after the battle, you know, the really awful CGI fire demons and and can I point out how the demons are not like the gargoyles, they can fly. They can transform yep. and look like stone gargoyles that you see on buildings. And yep. they can like they have like all these really cool weapons and they wear leather armor for some reason. Now the demons have no powers seemingly. They just nope. run around like t- the 28 days later on infected and just kind of like get killed in a massive horde world war Z style. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like I mean, that's exactly they're what they're stronger. They- that's about it. They're like, 
oh no, he's stronger than a human. That's about all yeah. the demons do. Yeah, they're pretty much there to just get assassinated, kind of like how unpowerful the orcs in the Hobbit movies are. Yeah. They just serve to get beheaded and like stabbed, ripped to pieces by a bunch of hobbits. Like a hobbit and a bunch of and a bunch of dwarves. They cut through them like butter. It, it's like there's almost no combat like that until like, oh, see what I did to that one? Oh, I got a spear through my heart. Oh, man. Oh, it's like my accidentally tripped on a fucking spear as opposed to actually getting hit with it by a demon. Oh, no link to archangels. Um, I wrote that down because Leonora, the gargoyle queen, is the only one who can get God's orders from the archangels as to how to direct yeah. the gargoyles because she's kidnapped by the second in command of Nibirius. Yeah. And then, um, Zuriel gets Frankenstein's diary out of the sacred vault, quote unquote, and then trades it in some old abandoned movie theater for her life. Yeah. And I wish that, there was like they had like actually opened up Frankenstein's diary and there had been like, Dear diary, I was bullied for doing science today. I wish I was dead. <laughs> yeah. Like just you know, like they show like a a grainy flashback from like his childhood. I tried to electrocute a rat today. Mommy beat me thoroughly. So I think we should probably touch on the scientists at least once. Yeah, this is, about, this is about a decent time. So uh, there, there's one uh, fat, weird looking one. That's a dude, obviously, because scientists always look like that. All dude scientists always look weird and gross. And then there's the lady scientist, which is all sex happy and having <laughs> sex happy and and, and and she's all attractive. And then <laughs> wait, and then the dude so, doesn't matter because we need a sex interest. Wait, Not wait, a love so, interest. Is she attractive or is she sex happy? She is sex happy and attractulated. Oh, all right. You're welcome. Okay, so she is the world's leading electrophysiologist. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, that's not a thing. No. Is that a thing? (laughs) If it is, I would love to know. But electrophysiology, probably fucking not a thing. No. Um, for the looks of it, it actually is a thing. Damn it. It sounds so fucking fake. Yeah, it sounds it so sounds science fiction like cardiomyopathy or cardiobagopovascular schnopathy. Yeah. What, what, eventually the, um, what is it? Eventually yeah, Aaron, the, it looks like bad. electrophysiology is, um, the study... Excuse me, of electric properties of biological cells and tissues. So it's used in like um, studying cardiac surgeries, um, you know, because that's how they discovered like how the defibrillator works and how it wor- it wor- corresponds with the heart and other organ systems. So like electrophysiologists, I guess, study that. I wish it okay. was made up. <laughs> okay. So after they, um, after What's-His-Face trades the, the journal for uh, her life randomly demons attack and then Frank, uh, Adam punches him a bit and then runs away and then he goes to the bad guy science lair 
to go get it back, I guess, because he didn't know that uh, the, that uh, Frankenstein's journal was a thing, and he followed um, the gargoyle guy to be like, what's he up to? And it's like, oh shit, Frank, Papa's journal, I gotta go read that shit. Mm, boy. So he runs into the fucking science lab evil mobile, and just, like, how... He teleports in there, I guess. I don't know. He just kind of appears and he's like, "I'm Frankenstein. What's up, buddy? Let me re- let me look at that." And then they fucking they get to looking. They or she's like reading it aloud, and she's just like, "Oh my! They he used electric eels to hold his charge because you know middle ages. That's electric." Eh. Well, yeah. That that there's oh, no- and there's also like a Resident Evil clone parallel. You know how, um, like, we see, because Frankenstein discovers, like, all of the other undead corpses that Nibirius has to bring back the uh, the demons yeah. to these other soulless corpses. So, like, there we see, like, this whole, n- like, nest or whatever of, like, these thousands of, thousands, like, hundreds of corpses to be able yeah. to bring back all the demons that have been descended. Yeah. Or the gargoyles who have been ascended. It's just such, I don't know. I don't like the whole underworld, overworld, like, jargon. Yeah, nor do I. Yeah, the Christian mythos of it. Not not my thing. And we're almost to the end of the movie, and we haven't even really talked about Oh, and going back to Leonora. So she got captured really easily. Does she have no powers other than being like, hey, Archangels, what's up? Where are you at? As far as I, well, I don't think she does. Really? Because, like, she's the head of the order. You'd think that she would have more than talking to, like, she's, like, a just a bureaucrat. Is that it? I don't know. Because, I mean, Zuriel's their strongest warrior, so, it, I don't know, it's kind of underwhelming that, like, the only named female character, aside from this, um, Yvonne Strahovski, who plays the scientist, um, Wade, Leonore's, like, just oh well i'm just weak and defenseless because i'm a woman i don't know that yeah, just seems really sexist to me to have that only female character serve as like a bargaining chip for further conflict yeah because you know that's never been done before they're like what if we use the female care the woman character as a tool to motivate the male character to Go to the success happens. Yeah. And the where where even what even happens? I don't I don't remember. He gets well, a thing and then runs around and then books well, at people and then demons attack and then they figure it out and then it's over. Oh, well, great description. But what actually happens is he breaks <laughs> into the he breaks into the science layer. Um the science layer, you know, the technical. Yeah, you term. know, there's evil science layers all over the fucking uh yeah, Tri County area. Yeah, they have like um real estate listings for all of the evil science layers. So he must have gone to like nine or ten before getting to that one. Oh yeah. So he gets that and he reads Frankenstein's diary while on a subway train. Oh. No, what's even better is how he gets there. So when he, when he he like he gets the the journal and then a bunch of demons fucking walk into the room and they're like, "Hey, you're not supposed to be here." So he jumps out a window and lands and goes through the fucking concrete on the street, which lands directly on a fucking subway, 
the one of the fucking subway trains, and he he just fucking crawls in and sits down, and he is unfazed, not like nothing fucking happened to him. Oh, I'm fine. Let me just read this book here. Oh boy, my my father's journal. It's and fucking ridiculous. That's not a place where people would read like a revolutionary text. Like you wouldn't see somebody. Well, I guess I'm just overly self-conscious, maybe projecting this, but like I wouldn't read like the Communist Manifesto or a Modest Proposal or any of like those things because you I, like I'm afraid of getting beat up or like you know stabbed or something for their like hey you some sort of socialist or something I'm gonna take your lunch money beat up beat beat and I'm like oh no yeah, please my lunch money it's a thing well I just described lunch money taking as the ultimate evil. Yeah. Cause it is. And the way that Frank and that Adam reacts to reading the diary is, I just don't believe it because he lived through all of the, all of the stuff that happened. Like he narrated the opening of the film. So that this aside from the experiments is like new information is kind of baffling because he would know how Frankenstein operated because they were friends for so long before he turned against him. Yeah. So that reaction just makes no sense. And so then he finds, um, Dr. Wade, um, blonde scientist who begins to doubt that Nibirius, who is a dark prince. She finds out decides to not want to work for him. Because moral grounds against dark princes and whatnot. Oh, and and when when uh, Adam's just like, you're caught in a war between d- uh, demons and gargoyles. She's just like, I don't believe in demons or gargoyles. Blah blah blah. Demon walk through the door. Punched by Frankenstein. Done. Well, no, I, I really love that. Um, uh, she's like, I don't believe in that. And he's just like, this is real, all of it. And I feel like that's like the aggressive sledgehammering this movie is trying to get through with its mythos. Like, this is real. Or this is like the angry pitch that happened at the studio. Like, they're like, why do the gargoyles... I don't care how much you hate this script. This is real. It's happening. You can't stop it. You can't stop this. Are you in or are you out, damn it? And they're like, well, yeah, we no, can't argue right. with that kind of aggression. You're hired. Oh, boy. And his approach is so clunky. He has no tact. He's He just approaches her and he says, I think your boss is a demon prince who has been yep. hunting me for 200 yeah. years. Want to hang out? Hey, ladies, how's it going? Want to run away from a dark, dark uh, demon prince for a while? And, and then maybe get on my fucking sewn together dick a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that that was on Dr. Frankenstein's list of like, you know, hey. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I bet it probably was but because Bride of Frankenstein, but I don't remember that being in like the continuity of this universe. Yeah. Do you want to see my Frankencock? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Want to drink a Frankenstein of beer? Oh boy, you wanna? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my pants off, and then you can get a good, long, hard, long look at my Frankencock. Man, all every human being just fucking came listening to that. Yep, because everybody just you know they looks love Frankencocks Franken- and jisms. Frankencock, man. I don't know how else to tell you. 
Yeah. Brought to you by Cosmetics. Brought to you by Shelf Co. Shelfing shelves from since shelf o'clock. Providing shelves for things that you don't need to buy since consumerism. Uh, Yeah, that's when shelves started. (laughs) Yep. Well, yeah, you got (laughs) to consume stuff and then shelves were invented. Yeah, that's that's when that happened. You've got like, I've got all these unnecessary things to have. Where can I have them and look at them for appreciating them? To it, well, I'm yeah. since I've consumed and will continue to consume them economically. Oh, a shelves, thank you, inventor. Oh, no problem. I invented them. Goodbye. And then you know, shelves. That's how that, that and and that's it for the wonder of shelves. But Stay tuned next week. Nobody in this movie has an thoughts. arc. All of no. all of Adam's Everyone's arc flat. is just like get revenge, get revenge, get revenge. Okay, I got revenge. Now there's gargoyles. Okay, I'll kill him. Get revenge. Oh, I'm gonna get revenge again. And then he's like, "Your boss is this," and she's like, "Okay, now I want to get revenge." And then they get revenge. There, yeah, and and there's like no character development for him. He's like, there's like, no character for him, let alone development. Which kind of is disappointing because Mary Shelley's novel has so much development of the monster that this, like, I imagine the books, I haven't read the graphic novels, but I imagine with the praise that they have, it probably has a much better through line of him negotiating his identity as not having a soul to, spoiler alert, getting a soul at the end of the movie when Nibirius ultimately fights him and tries to possess him with, like, one of the most powerful demons that has been descended forever yeah so there's another one thing that's that's still bothering me it's on the same lines it's on the same lines as uh him having his face all sewn together and looking good so what's her face lady scientist person dr wade sure dr wade um they like they were like on the run and with with the uh, with the book because everyone wants it oh boy, so they're and they're they're teaming up because they're neither of them are vampires or or gargoyles or demons or whatever the fuck, so they fucking they they're hiding out in some shithole abandoned place because everyone's abandoned because humans don't exist but regardless, uh he got like a boo boo or some scratch or some shit so obviously take off the shirt oh boy Aaron Eckhart. And then, like, she's, like, fawning over him, but he's a fucking, he's Frankenstein. Nobody, like, he's, he's a gross stitched together monster, and every part of him is perfectly, like, he, he doesn't look stitched together. Yeah, he's got scars on him and everything, like, but he's, he's fine. He's, there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah, he's, he's like, it, like, they say that he's put together from six corpse corpses and it looks like he's clearly just like one corpse stitched back together that was like chopped up a bit and then not yeah they should have gotten an uglier actor to play this or added like different skin patches to him yeah like pigmentations and stuff like that that could be possible they had the makeup budget to do a bunch of bullshit scars but they're like oh we need him to be a white semi-handsome brooding guy where can yeah. we get one of them? What about Harvey Dent? Yeah, he was two-faced. That'll do. Yeah, you know, he can pull off the makeup. 
Yeah, that's it. He's used to I it. I imagine that might have been a... That's why. A, that's probably one of the factors, honestly. It probably actually is. They're like, well, we know that he can act through makeup really well, so let's get him. I mean, that's often like a thing is like his reel supports that. Oh, and I also wrote down there's like a jumping off of a car punch. Oh, oh yeah, there was. And that's with like the second in command. Okay, backtrack. So question. So this guy, the second in command demon that works for Nibirius, like his lieutenant, yeah. has been hunting Frankenstein for 200 years. Yep. How does he still have a job? Uh, because, uh-huh. And he never gets chewed out in like the traditional way of like, you better bring Frankenstein to me or reasons I'll send you to hell myself or something. It's yeah. just like, well, just take a vacation. I don't care if we ever find him, which I mean, obviously they don't need to find him urgently now because they have the diary at a certain point. But before that, like we never see him at odds with Nibirius and I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense that the same guy in charge of finding him would have the same occupation 200 years later. That's just not how that works. No, but also how the fuck is Franken? How, how is Adam so elusive? Like, seriously, he walks around. He's got fuckloads of scars. There's no humans. Except it's for nightclubs. Yeah, except one nightclub and then two scientists and a policeman who dies. You know, all those very descriptive and equally representative of the diversity of humanity humans. Yeah. Which means that they were all white people, pretty much. Uh, Yeah, they were. Yep, pretty much. Totally. Well, that's like indicative of science fiction and whatnot more so than anything else. Yeah. Cause yeah, like all the holy people are like white people. Of course, that because, doesn't say know, something about white supremacy. Good audience, does it? It does. Ball. Oh. Okay, and another line that I wrote down when fr- when um Adam is fighting Nibirius is that and. Uh, Talking to uh, Dr. Wade is like, he's like, I have more bases around the world. And I'm like, yeah, that I didn't that. No. And I'm like, because Dark Prince is like such a booming career option. Like, is that yeah. what he got on? Like his aptitude test in like hell high school? Like, oh, most likely to be a Dark Prince. <laughs> That allows him to, like, afford to have, like, these really swanky underground laboratories where only the world's leading electrophysiologists, like, try to reanimate rats. What does he need the other bases for? Oh, you know. Are they, like, storage of evil? Yeah, evil storage in jars. Oh, and jars. Just jars. Jars of what? Jars of evil. Oh, so the evil is encapsulated. So it's not an abstraction. It's like an actual physical manifestation of evil in a jar. Yeah, and it's being held in jars in these okay. facilities. I get it. Duh. And so then um, Nibirius like transforms into his true thing, fights Adam in the science in the science podunk, sl- sl- you know, slam down. Yeah, the science podunk slam down. 
<laughs> Mega Monday. Mega Monday. Science showdown victims. That wasn't even words. <laughs> Dark Prince and Podunk slow down rundowns. Mega Monday. Poke down in the Sunding Fuangda. Mega Monday with the Pododo. Pododo? Yeah. Is that like the dodo? Mega Monday. Oh, what happens next? Now, where are we? Oh my god. Oh, this we're at the part they fight garbled. um the he's like, "Oh, I summoned this powerful demon into your body." Blah! Oh yeah, so right before right before that um a bunch of the uh the gargoyles are swarm are flying around the building. Um, and then they magically see a pile of body bags and they're just like, hmm, that looks evil. So they go into that wing of the building and it's all the fucking, uh, uh, reanimating, uh, bodies that they want, that the demons want to reanimate and repossess. So they're just going, going down the line, hacking them up and fucking killing them all. And then, um, uh, Nibirius starts like the summon demon summoning ritual and shit, which actually I thought this part looked pretty fucking cool. Where underneath all the uh, uh, the reanimating corpses, um, like the a rift of hell opened, and it's like, whoa, look at that! Ooh, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, a little bit. Mainly when the actual like the, because whenever a demon gets killed, the fucking like a big fucking glob of fire just kind of goes whoo and snakes around the screen and goes away. So and nobody ever gets burned as a result of this. Because fire is Frankenstein's weakness. Uh, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, like that is the that is the thing in the books and all the movies and all the mythos. But yet in this, he's never worried about when like yeah, he descends no a demon that their death is going to, I don't know. And then he gets lit on fire too and then survives through it. Yeah. When he's fighting Nibirius. He's like oh, engulfed in flames and he's him. like, wah! Once I, he, I think that's after he gets a soul, though, so I don't know if having a soul means that you're fireproof. I guess. I mean, he's Hellboy all of a sudden, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I'm fireproof. You're not. <laughs> Why can't Ron Perlman play Frankenstein? Why can't Ron Perlman play everyone in every movie? I love him. He would be a great Frankenstein. He would. And his voice would be a great narrating point, too. Remake. Frankenstein. Demons. Gargoyles. You know, he doesn't just grumble. He does say words. It's not just incoherent. I mean, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I do love Ron Perlman, though. He's got a new Amazon series coming out. Okay. It's called Son of God or something. He's like a vigilante judge. Does he vigilantialize? Yeah. It sounded oh, kind I, of interesting. Send us where, free stuff. Where are we? Amazon. Um, we are. He carves the uh, the demon thing into Nibirius oh, yeah, and carves, descends him. When he's getting all possessed and shit, he carves... That dumbass gargoyle symbol into the chest and the beerus, and it's like, oh yeah, anything that touches kills demons, and since it's carved into a demon, oh no, that's a dead demon. And that's it. He bursts into flames, and it's like, well, I guess we did that. All right, done. 
Hooray! That that yeah, that's it. You know, we did leave out the part where Adam fights Zuriel and the remaining gargoyles and descends yeah, them all. Yeah, for no but, reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just kind of like, well, I guess we need another ten minutes of conflict. Let's just have an extraneous fight. Yeah, he random he like one of the gargoyles randomly attacks him, and then he accidentally kills that one, and then all of them are like, well, I guess he turned side and is a demon now. Boo! Eh, that's it. Yeah, and like the cover name of Nibirius is Charles Wessex, and that sounds like one of the fakest comic book evildoer names that they're like that I've heard. Like you just know that that person has like a mustache that they're twirling somewhere in time and space. Charles Wessex, I'm going to steal your money. (laughs) Yeah, some Wall Street adjuster who's just like. They're going to steal all your money. My name is Charles Wessex. Blah. I'm also a Dracula. Blah, blah. Okay, so um, Nibirius is descended. The building collapses. Um, Lenore uh, rescues both Adam and Dr. Wade and forgives him for killing or ascending. Things. Um. guy one gargoyle whatever uh and he's like oh well you can keep the soul and he's and then he decides to go on an immortal quest to basically like i'm gonna save humans for selfless reasons now that all that character development that wasn't earned is finally over and i'm gonna go by my real name frankenstein the oh boy do we miss anything I really don't think we did. Oh, I do want to plug that some of the combat in this movie is kind of cool. Some of it is, and then the the fight scene with the when the the gargoyle attacks him, the choreography and the not necessarily the choreography, the the editing of it was weird because it looked like they were missing shots. Is that because of the CGI? No, it just looked like there was missing shots. Like they oh, didn't shoot them. Okay. Well, Aaron, let's move into our verdict. What, I mean, um, does I Frankenstein belong in the catastrophe section? No. Yeah, it's not. It's not enjoyably bad enough. I agree. No, you can yell at the world for an at the world it builds for an hour and its inconsistencies, and then it's like, all right, yeah, that's it. Yeah, even then, I'm like, I literally have nothing more to say about this other than don't see this movie. There's, There's not much else. Yeah, it's really not worth the time to watch. I mean, no. if you want to watch something that has, like, I mean, the, what is it, is, am I thinking of production design or art, or, um, art direction? When I say that, like, some of the, like, gothic stuff is kind of cool. Yeah, a lot of, the art direction for this movie is really well done. Yeah, but I mean, that's, like, to be expected with, they're obviously taking a big page out of, like, the, the aesthetic of the underworld films because it's the same producers and obviously they have a comic book to work from so yeah and uh, i mean we both don't know what the comic book i mean the graphic novel looks like so we can't really speak to how it fits in visually with that universe Uh so um anything else we need to address before we move into counterpoints 
No, I think we're good. Okay. So this movie was universally panned by critics. On Rotten Tomatoes, good. it has a 3%, and it's the consensus reads as follows. Loud, incoherent, and dramatically listless, I, Frankenstein, is a remarkably dull fantasy adventure that fails to generate much excitement or interest in its characters. Yep. Well, they don't have characters, so that's one thing they got wrong. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's a, very, that's a very liberal use of the term character. Yeah, there, there aren't any in this movie. And this movie is available on Netflix, so if you have it, I mean, I guess if you're bored and... Nope, nope, don't watch it. Well, I'll recommend something better. Yeah, watch The Identical. Yeah, just watch The Identical six times in a row, because that's fucking amazing. Okay, so let's pull up, because there's only three fresh reviews on here. They're probably all like, eh, hey, you know, Eckhart was fine. Like, that's probably all three reviews. They're like, I really liked Harvey Dent playing the guy from all those Mary Shelley books. You know, all one of them. Yeah, I was about to say, one of them? Yeah. Okay, here we go. So, Ben Sachs from the Chicago Reader writes, This novel premise quickly gives way to lots of chaotic action, though there are numerous incidental pleasures throughout. Oh, Aaron, we, we missed out on all the incidental pleasures that this oh, movie offers. Oh, shit, now I gotta rewatch it. Yeah, clearly. I mean, I just have to use my lens of incidental pleasure. That's not a good, like... I, I know I say this, like, every single time, because they're always the same. That, that's, not a positive that's not a positive review. It's like, if you think of it just for some of it, then it's great. No, we're taking the movie as a whole text in and of itself, not just for like the seemingly like some good moments, like that makes it more bearable yeah. as an experience, but it doesn't give for like criticism of it. If that makes yeah. sense. Um, Daniel K. Kimmel of sci-fi movie page writes, I Frankenstein isn't a masterpiece, but it is a fast paced and slickly made film that holds your attention. No, it's not. Nope. No, nope. it didn't nope. hold my sure attention doesn't. and it wasn't particularly fast paced. It was strange. It was erratic as fuck. It's like, well, now I guess he's attacking the various. Oh, now I guess he's doing yeah, this. It just like, happened. Things I never know at Frankenstein. I don't know who's doing what. I just see that they're doing something and I don't know why. Yeah. It's kind of like the room where everybody's doing things and talking at each other. And the, there's like that differential stakes where it's like, oh, I care so much. And I'm like, I don't know why you care or that like that has not been communicated to me as an audience member at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. So last one, Julian Roman from movie web writes, um, I checked my brain out and gasp, got some entertainment value from the film, the special effects, fight choreography and production design are actually pretty good. And this reviewer gave it a f two out of five. That's not a pos That's not a positive. Review. That is literally not a positive review. That is like less than half. That's like F exactly territory. That's 40%. Um, oh, I do want to read, uh, 
one or two of these rotten ones because I think they're um, Jim Shembry from 3AW writes, if a worse studio film comes out this year, we're in deep trouble, people. This film is so bad it will hurt your brain. And even if you leave your brain at home, your spinal column will still object. This is a god-awful, lame-brained mess of a movie. Yeah. Uh, and I think I can just leave it at that. Yeah, most of the yeah, rest no, that, are like, that's this good. Is, this is garish. This is, one just says, I, 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 Frankenstein. I get it. Yep. That, I got kind of mm, bit of enjoyment out of that. Okay, Aaron. So how much did this movie cost to make? Uh, 60 mil. Uh, a little bit higher. 80. Uh, a little bit lower. 68, 73. Uh, 65. And how All much right. did it make? Uh, 120. Oh, bear in mind it came out in January. 30. It made 18, almost 19 million in the U.S. Wow. And it made uh, about 50 and a half million elsewhere. So on a $65 million budget, it made 71 and a half million dollars, roughly. Okay. So... Basically, production budget back. No marketing. <laughs> yep, but then there'll be DVD sales and shit like that. Yeah. Um, oh, and a little bit of trivia about this movie. It was actually, uh, part of it was actually filmed. Um, so a lot of it was filmed in Victoria, Australia at Ormond College. Specifically, the building, um, like this old, cath- the cathedral looking part is part of Ormond College. Like the... Um, the gargoyle citadel. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that was filmed. So that was kind of cool. Giving them like a tax break in there. Cool. Yeah. Um, and the director, Stuart Beatty hasn't directed anything else. He directed. Yeah, I like, noticed that he wrote a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He directed this in, uh, some movie called tomorrow when the war began, which doesn't look good at all. Which has a bunch of actors I've never heard of. Um, but yeah, he's no written idea. such hits as. Um, oh, he actually co-wrote Collateral. Yeah. I like Collateral. Uh, yeah. Um, 30 Days of Night. Eh, another. Well, that's that one right. actually. Oh, maybe that's why the consistency. Because like the demons are kind of like the vampires in 30 Days of Night now that I think of it. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, and he also co-wrote G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Oh, Jesus. This this guy is making money, so, you know, good on him. Yeah, I don't know what his uh, perspective other things are after completing this movie. Um, Yeah, and the creator of the comic book also helped create this, like, develop the story for this. Um. And it's kind of interesting. The guy who wrote it, uh, Kevin Graveau, um, he's black and he actually played um, like the really deep voiced black um, lichen named Rays in Underworld 1 and 3. Huh. So that's interesting that he's like a graphic novelist and he acted in these and it looks like he 
was also a write the writer of the story for Underworld Underworld Evolution. And that's it. It looks like he's just with a credit character's credit for Awakening and Rise of the Lycans. That's strange. Yeah. So it looks like he only worked on like the um I think Len Wiseman is his name. Um Yeah. Yeah, the guy who directed that. But aside from that, I mean there's like Aaron Eckhart, I hope his career doesn't sink because of this cuz I like him. I really like him in uh Thank You for Smoking and The Dark Knight. So I hope this doesn't sink his career. I doubt it. All right. So uh, let's move into our final section. Aaron, what's on your radar this week? My radar. Oh, boy. My radar is filled with I watched Horns. Horns was really fucking good. It's that uh, weird demon or uh, Satan movie kind of thing you do uh, with... uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe where he starts growing horns and town goes crazy and there's a murder and it's cool. It's really, really cool. It, Cause it's, it's done by the guy who did, um, he's a, a French dude who did a bunch of uh, horror movies and then he did Piranha 3d. So obviously he has, he's a, it's a strange man. Um, but it, it was really well done. It, it's not quite a horror movie. I mean, there's a lot of, Oh, spooky shits like, Oh, that's a, that's a thing in this movie. But it's it's written a lot like Piranha 3D, which is which is really good because that's really the only thing I give a shit about what he's written so far. So it's a lot of absurd things, and then some violence. It's cool. I really enjoy and Daniel it. Radcliffe is actually does a really good job in that movie. Oh yeah, he definitely does. Also, that's free on Netflix, so watch that shit instead. Yes. Yeah. Don't watch also, Frankenstein. Yeah. Watch Horns. Yeah. Also, uh, I, I've been rewatching uh, the Eric Andre show, and that is incredible. I, I think I've plugged it before, but I'm, I'm going to do it again because I watched it again, and it's fucking great. Yeah, That's when I come home this summer, we should definitely watch that because yes. I haven't watched it yet. So, ba- so basically, Eric Andre uh, and Hannibal Burris are um, making fun of a bunch of uh, talk show tropes and then doing a bunch of random shit in between. And having on fake celebrity guests uh, or real celebrity guests and just making them do strange things or saying strange things at them and then cutting to weird things. And it's an adult swim show. So, you know, it has that weird like we're just going to throw shit at you sometimes in the middle of this thing. We're not going to finish a bit. We're just going to cut it off here and then go to something else and then come back like that kind of weird. I don't know how if you know what I, if you've seen them, you know what I'm talking about. Where they just kind of go away for like Tim and Eric kind of kind of a thing. And that's it. Okay, so what's on my radar this week? Um, yeah, Louis C.K. released a new album this past week, um, live at the Comedy Store, which is available for uh, five dollars on his website. So you should go buy that. Don't pirate it because he actually puts a lot of work into it. Um, it's a lot of really good new material. I don't like it as much as his last special, but I mean, he puts out a special a year. So yeah, I mean, with that, so kind not of all of them are going to be really increasingly in. better. Yeah. What? They're not all going to be increasingly better. Yeah. And I mean, it's a different hour. He's putting out different content. I don't fault a comedian for getting up and doing different things. In fact, I encourage them, yeah. even if the new stuff is bad, at least they're 
outputting more stuff. Um, yeah, definitely. Second on my radar is I started watching the comeback. Aaron, do you know about this show? No. Okay, the comeback is an HBO show that was on in 2005 starring Lisa Kudrow from Friends. And it's about yeah. a former sitcom star who's doing a... So she gets a career comeback on, and she gets a small role as Aunt Sassy in this sitcom called like this really low brow, um, broad sitcom called room and board B O R E D. Of of course. And the comeback is the name of a reality show that she stars in while she's making the while she's making room and board. So the entire series is framed through the reality crew from the comeback following her around as she's filming it. So it's a really good satire of like Hollywood culture, all these really awful broad jokes that the writers kind of put into like the, and the who cares attitude of like corporate Hollywood is kind of a really good satire on that. So, um, that's what's on my radar this week. Um, I'm still working through that. It actually got um, renewed for a second season, which came out late last year on HBO. So you can check those out on HBO go. And I think you can buy them on Amazon. Don't quote me on that. But um, aside from that, we just want to leave you with the fact that um, Aaron Eckhart is not in fact out of work and is currently shooting looking at his IMDb page. London has fallen. The sequel to Olympus has fallen, but only London. What? Wait, what? Really? Yep. Um. Okay. Yep. Sure. Jared Butler almost okay, shaking I'll, president. I'll watch yeah. it. Olympus was fall has fallen was silly enough. Oh well, I hope the production looks like it's not fifteen million dollars. Yeah. Okay, how in that movie... Yeah, we're going to divert a little bit. How yeah, fine. is the Secret Service, one of the most highly trained security professionals, shot down and shot in the face so many times in this movie? Because North Korea or some shit. Oh, I guess. You know, because having the most highly trained security force, you know, is just, you know... I mean, I'm I'm not going to say that they're the most highly trained, but they do a lot of security training. So the fact that they are killed so systematically doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. That's all. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Aaron, want to tell them what we'll be reviewing next week? Oh, uh, next week. We're going to go into some uh, martial arts territory in a way. We'll also be returning to our roots. That's right, folks. We got another fucking family comedy coming for you. Oh, boy. And by martial arts, I mean uh, the wonderful, the talented Jackie Chan in a family comedy. It's the spy next door. Uh, look up the trailer. It is soul crushing. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good one. Yep. And I think this is like back in like the late. Odds like because this came out in 2010. I think this is like around the time in Jackie Chan's career where he was like, I'm getting a bit too old to do a lot of that stuff. So he like actually started producing um, all of these um, Chinese action movies starring younger ca- younger cast members. So he was much more involved in 
you know, producing and putting out content rather than starring as an action star. And he's like, oh, well, I'll do the occasional family comedy. So this is like The Rock signing up with Disney to do Race to Witch Mountain and The Tooth Fairy. Yeah. So I think this is kind of in that vein. But the trailer looks like Mr. Nanny meets the pacifier. No, that's all it is. You've yeah, seen this movie. It's basically We've exactly seen this movie that. before. So anyway, we'll be getting that to you in our next episode. Um, and I guess that's it, right, Aaron? Oh, and it has George Lopez and Billy Ray Cyrus. So look forward to that. Oh, my two favorite people. Especially Billy Ray Cyrus, right, Aaron? Kill me now. <laughs> Outro. Frank Einstein will do a spoken word poem about my life. Frank name is Frankenstein. He's coming for you. Don't be a demon, Ram Frankenstein. Stein. Don't be a demon. No other. Don't be a demon. From a movie about me. Frankenstein, spoken word, poem about film. Don't see it ever. Gonna go down to the store. Gonna buy. Gonna go. Gonna go buy me a big dildo. I'm gonna cook it up on the stove. I give it to you for Valentine's Day. It's the big cooked dildo. And it's my specialty. I make it for all the people whom I enjoy my physical company with. Just a big baked dildo. I'm gonna cover it in panko breading, and we're gonna go to town on that bitch. So get ready. <laughs> <laughs>